high stadium to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown on Sports 1440. Today's show, the Oilers play Vegas Golden Knights at home tonight in a big test that could represent a turning point in the season. It's a big damn deal. It's pivotal. It's vital. It's central. It's decisive. It's determining. It's important. It's crucial, vital, critical, focal, essential, key, significant. It's a big damn deal. That's all I got. Well, bye. I guess we can fill in the blanks a little bit. So you can reach us at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Play Canada. Just turn on the radio. You can do that as well. Text or call us 1 833 401 1440. 1-833-401-1440. We're on Twitter, at Low Tide, and at Connor Halley. And if you are texting us to ask us if we could just have Low Tide stop talking and listening to the typing of Declan, the answer is no. I checked, and they won't pay me for that. So I have to talk. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Our guest today, Jesse Granger from The Athletic, talking about the Vegas side. They're struggling a little bit. 3-5-2 and two in the last 10. Can't get a goal. What's going on? Third and four, back-to-back. Who knows? We'll also have Daniel Nugent-Bowman at The Athletic talk about the Oilers side. What happened? Did they really just flip a switch? Or did Connor McDavid finally get healthy? Or, 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 or we just don't know. Maybe Darnell Nurse is feeling a little more confident. Maybe Paul Coffey's saying sweet words. Maybe Coffey is like that uh, movie as a river runs through it, where everything works out when you're positive and life is good. And maybe he's just saying good things instead of negative things. Maybe you told him to turn off the media. Maybe that's it. Either way, it's working out. Okay. I'm going to begin the show today by giving supreme heck to our friend Declan, and to everybody else who did not tell me about the in-store Costco hot dogs. I had my first one yesterday. It was life-altering and life-changing, and I blame you, Declan Kruger, for not telling me. Sorry, I was working out a yawn there. I was going to say, I don't really feel like working this is on me. Working out a yawn. This is, this is what wow. I'll say. Wow. I think if you had, you know, been dropping subtle hints throughout our pre-show meetings and on the show, like, man, I, you know, I, I could really go for a good hot dog. Like, oh, you know, De- Declan, I like hot dogs. Do you like hot dogs? If you had been doing that and I hadn't mentioned it, I would, I would take some, you know, I think that would be a fault of mine. I understand your point. But. You're making it well. I reject you. it all. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have said something. I, I, I it's buy on the hot dogs and, and barbecue them. They're very good. But how do they get the bun and the barbecue to be so good together in that little wrapper? It's a science. It's a science. I don't know what they're doing there, but Costco's got a lot of money in their hot dog innovation room. And but, it, it and shows they charge with the product. A buck 50. Oh, yeah, I know. This it makes you like, wonder what you're You're eating squirrel meat or something. But somebody you, that you is like, this is to me anyway, this is like they should win the Nobel Peace Prize for Peace for Prize? Yeah, for food. Okay. Wow. Isn't there one? Well, there's there's a Nobel Prize for, I mean, I'm sure there must be something in agriculture, but I think the Nobel Peace Prize is, it's like the same way there's a Nobel Prize in math or in physics. Yeah. I don't know cares? if it's a P, okay. Math and physics, but those was, are old timey things. I thought what you were trying to get at was like, if everyone in the world had a Costco hot dog at all times, there would be world peace all the time. And I kind of well, agree I, with that. Well, I, you know, maybe. I don't think that's out Why don't much. we try that, you know? Are you, you footing the bill? No, you could afford. I'm not, it. not doing that. But they charge a buck fifty. Surely, to God, we can all pool our money. Yeah, you're like right. you get a you get a dollar fifty hot dog, and then you get a Taylor Swift album. What 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 more do you want? 
It's, it's like Disneyland for for middle class adults <laughs> at Costco. Uh, Oilers Vegas Golden Knights tonight, and that's going to be wild in the streets. If you're going to the game, you I think you're going to be in for a, an, an absolute knockout barn burner. I wish Ed Whelan were here because he'd have something to say before in the meantime, in the between time. This is going to be a great game. Vegas never gives up. They contest everything. They're very talented and they're deep. And they're getting goaltending. What they're not getting right now is goals. We'll talk to Jesse Granger about it. This is going to be a, you know, the Oilers, I, I predicted they would get 15 points in 14 November games. And then they went to hell in a handcart. And if they win tonight and against Winnipeg, they'll have 14 points in 15, uh, 14 games which is damn good compared to considering where they've been this month. The McDavid line is on fire right now. They really are. Now, if Dreisaitl and his line can outscore as well, the Oilers will have a chance tonight. If the top two lines can finish one cob or better against Vegas, the Oilers will win tonight. And they can empty the fuel tanks because there's two games left Vegas is on a back-to-back, three and four, and the Oilers get a rest here pretty quick. Lickety split. It's it's like five days, I believe. The things we want to talk about today, I'm writing an article that will be out tomorrow about Darnell Nurse and his passing ability. Very good. Very two great passes, one to Nuge, one that hit Hyman and then went to, Dar- to Connor McDavid. It was outstanding. And I think that at bottom line here is that we're going to look at the possibility, at least, of having two scoring lines that are outscoring enough to drive this team into the postseason. But Darnell Nurse and his passing led a lot to that. And of the second pair is Ekholm and Evan Bouchard. You've got two two pairings who can really pass the puck, and Kulak can skate well. Don't know what to do about Philip Broberg. I wrote about it yesterday. Broberg is in a, he's in a tough spot. He's in a spot of bother, as the British say. Because the for him, he needs to play, and they're not playing him. So you can send him back to Bakersfield. But if you're going to send him back to Bakersfield, leave him there. The, the, the old coach played him sparingly. The new coach has really played him. I think six minutes a night at five-on-five five and only two games of the seven. So bro, and they're winning, so why wouldn't you? I get it. I understand it. But send him down. You could bring up Ben Gleason or any of those guys and still have the same extra guy hanging around. Ryan McLeod. I want to talk to Daniel Nugent Bowman about him. What's going on there? They need that third line to hum. And Warren Fogel down there, he does do a lot of things. Derek Ryan looks like he's a fit. The fourth line actually played more than the third line, though, in the last game. James Hamlin was part of that, scored two goals now uh, in very quick order. Is he finding his way? Now, that's a guy they didn't even draft. That's, you know, whoever the Western scouts are for the Edmonton Oilers, you take a bow. That was a great get because he was a free agent. And the Oilers have not done heavy business. They did under Shirelli, and they did in the past with Sather and with Kevin Lowe. But the Ken Holland era has been dormant. They signed Vincent DeHarnay, but he's a guy that they signed, and they signed to an AHL deal. So he was in their own backyard. Hamilton had to go out and find. And it looks like he's a player, or he could be a player. I don't want to overstate it. Also in the National Hockey League, Patrick Kane is signed in Detroit with the Red Wings. And that is interesting because Detroit's off to a really good start. Not long ago, Steve Eisenman was regarded as, well, it's not working out. So what? And now all of a sudden it is. It is working out. And, you know, some of those guys were drafted by Ken Holland, but don't tell anybody. And Tyler Wright, don't tell anybody. Because Oilers fans are all about bad management by Ken Holland and by Tyler Wright in terms of drafting. 
The Kachuk boys were quite the, quite the show last night. Did you notice that? That's pretty wild stuff. I was watching the game, and I'm like, you know, Brady, I know you're getting mad, but did you see the score? Might want to pay attention to that. People are reacting to my my uh, Gagne or Broberg article, and that's good because I want the conversation to go, you know, in the direction of let's have a conversation. I asked the question, is he the most disappointing draft pick by the order since Nal Yakupov? And I'm getting a lot of push- pushback on that. People saying, no way, no way. Just let him play. And I'm like, well, if the coach is the co- what is the coach trying to do? Win hockey games. And if he believes that Philip Broberg isn't part of the solution, then what is he? He's part of the problem. He still has trade value. You could get, he was a number eight overall pick five years ago, 2019, about four years ago, four and a half years ago. You could package him and something else and maybe get a middle six winger, somebody who could, is a two way ability, maybe a guy who could play center a little bit. Maybe he can help you get a goaltender or another defenseman if you wish. You know, Calgary apparently is shopping a few guys. If you could put Broberg in the first and something else, get Ladar and one of their defensemen. Tanev apparently available. By the way, Rachel Dory will be joining us on Thursday at 12.40 to talk about the NHL. And then every Monday at 12.40 after that, Rachel will be a regular guest with us. And we're delighted to have her. Very interesting individual. Calls it like it. It's like having it's like having a, a Lansky type, but a different point of view on Monday, and then we you know we start the weekend with Lansky. He makes everybody upset, and then we bring Rachel in to calm everybody down. The Chicago Blackhawks have placed Corey Perry on waivers the versus, uh, for the pur- a purpose of a contract termination after what is deemed conduct that is unacceptable. Now. I have stayed away from rumors because I don't like rumors unless it's a Fleetwood Mac album that I purchased in 1977. There are all kinds of things out there and we don't know. And when you, when you, when you gossip and the gossip hurts people, then that is a bad thing. You're being a bad person when you do that. So I don't do that unless it's about Declan. Then like it's sort of free to be able to do whatever you want. But now that it comes out, and we don't know what the story is, so we can't say, well, it's confirmed this did happen, because, I mean, honest to God, guys, in the last 25 years, I've heard so many stories about what Edmonton Oilers did with somebody and whobody, and uh, I, I just, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. It is private information. I, I, don't, I don't think it's anybody's business. I really don't. And whatever happened with Corey Perry to have this happen, it occurred. Maybe it'll come out. Maybe it won't. But just because this is happening now does not mean that the rumor is true. And the the, the rumor is salacious and and really uh, impacts um, a lot of different people. And I, I just think it's very, very unfair to do that to anybody. Will Butcher is on waivers from Pittsburgh as well. Now, with Corey, Corey Perry being a free agent, that is... That's interesting because the Oilers, you know, I talked on the blog today about maybe needing a two-way winger. I have no idea what Corey Perry's, he's probably, you know, right now his his head's probably, you know, swirling or whatever the word is. 
on waivers, Chicago terminating his contract. Yeah. So that's interesting. It's very interesting. Comes down 10 minutes ago from Elliot Friedman. Yeah, I know. I've been talking about it for a while now. No, I know. I know. No. I just wanted to give credit to. Oh, was it Friedman was the first one? Well, I from what I've seen, Friedman was the first one, too. Okay. Yeah. Because I thought it was Frank, and I didn't give Frank credit, but Frank did it four minutes ago, and... Friedman did it 10. Hold on. They're right side by each. I love the immediate jump on me, like, yeah, this kid hasn't been paying attention. Let me tell him what I've been Well, I, it, I've been it's not like here. you said, as you're mentioning, Al. No, I know. You Sorry. Know, I, so I didn't know. You're I, typing over there. I have no idea. I also did word it, like, there was a separation in how I worded it that came across poorly. So I apologize for that. Well, you don't have to apologize for anything, but, you know... I mean, you know, I'm allowed to defend myself. No, of course, of yeah. course. It was, you know what, we're just going to call Believe this a miscommunication. The, the meeting that we have later will be, no, you're right, he did have it first. So. Daniel Sprong saying that Patrick Kane can have his number 88. That's from Helene St. James. Helene, not Helen. Author of On the Clock, Detroit Red Wings. In the NHL draft, by the way. I did the other one. It's available in fine bookstores. Of, of what I'm hearing is that it's selling pretty well as we lead up to Christmas. If you're looking for a Christmas gift for a friend of yours, you could you could purchase on the clock and you could bring it here or wherever. By the way, I'm going to be making a personal appearance in early December to sign books and to give one away and to be part of an auction. And I think I they may be, I don't know what they're going to do specifically, but there may be an opportunity to to uh, to to mud wrestle me and uh, uh, for charity. So we'll see how that goes. But I'll have all the details coming up in a little while. I don't like the mud wrestling idea. I've tried to poo-poo it. But, you know, as you get older, you have less power. The, the power changes to the youth of today. And they like the, the interesting things. Nurse, two good passes out of thousands. Outstanding from John. Well, it didn't take long. It didn't take long at all. You know, the, the, it's it's six degrees of James Woods, and it's it's like from from my microphone to your ears. How long does it take you to write a put down about Darnell Nurse? I mean, it really is outstanding. There's a lot of people on it, and there's a lot of people hammering it, and I just don't know why. Darnell Nurse is a complete player who has flaws. Would you rather have a stay-at-home type who has more flaws? Would you like to have a two-way guy who doesn't score as much as Darnell Nurse? Do you want those two passes back? You know, he's been outscoring opposition for a long time now. Well, he's been on the ice at five-on-five. It, it goes well with Darnell Nurse. Well, the big story now is Corey Perry. So I have to adjust my questions to both of our guests today. Jesse Granger will join us in a few minutes. And then Daniel Nugent Bowman coming up at 1 o'clock. Perry is a guy both of the teams that I'm talking to about today, Vegas and Edmonton, would be interested in. Remember, Ken Holland loves old players. He would consider Corey Perry to be mid-career. We'll talk about that as the day goes along. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, Twang Tuesday with Mr. Straight. People are texting us a lot right now, and they're wondering this. 
at 1-833-401-1440. Should they all try to claim Perry? Well, he's being terminated to buy out his contract, right, by Chicago. It's a $4 million deal one year. So I think you would wait uh, because the Oilers can't, you know, take on that kind of contract. And then you probably are going to, if you want to sign Corey Perry, and we got to find out all the information, and I know there's a lot out there, but we're not going to talk about it because it's innuendo and it's salacious and it's gossip, and we don't do that. There's no confirmation that I've seen. If there is, send it to me. But right now, I think I think no team will claim him. I think that he'll he'll have his contract bought out, and then we'll see later in the week or early next week if, if he wants to play and if somebody wants to sign him. 1222, delighted to be joined by one of my favorite writers and a really interesting fellow, uh, and a guy that I read all the time, J.C. Granger, joining us from The Athletic. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Well, 3-5-2 in the last 10 games for Vegas. I think we can all understand regression, and they were off to such a flying start this year. Is it all regression or, or you know injuries? How is, how is the last 10 games different, if anything, uh, than the previous 10? Yeah, I mean, I think regression is definitely the biggest part, and, and not just in the win column, but just their shooting percentage. Their PDO was through the roof to start the year. Um, they were finishing at an incredible rate. And part of us wondered, maybe is this just is this team just really good at finishing? Because that's what happened in the playoffs, is their finishing rate was, was incredible, and it just carried on into the season. And then it finally crashed back down to earth here over the last 10 games or so. And I think they've still been playing good hockey, they just haven't been scoring goals. Um, and and I, I, I wrote about it last night, and I just think <clears throat> this team has stayed within its structure better than I think most would in a stretch like this. And that's held them in games, and it's allowed them to stay ab- above water because if you look at the amount of goals they're scoring, their record should probably be worse over the last few, few uh, weeks. But mm-hmm. if they, they haven't given up a lot of goals. They've stayed within their structure. They've stayed patient. They haven't forced things. Um, gotten impatient because they aren't scoring, and that's kind of allowed them to be an okay team while they're scoring at a really, really low rate um, over this last little stretch. One thing they have done, uh, you know, if we go back to the beginning of the month, they beat Avalanche uh, pretty handily, beat the Jets, and then, you know, they lost to to the Washington Capitals, but the Capitals were playing very well then. There have been a few stumbles, but but mostly when they they lose to a team, for the most part, the Kings are playing very well, as an example, uh, and they, you know, the, the Penguins have played well. Uh, they beat the Stars. Um, I, I think when I watch Vegas, I, one thing I always see is a, a, a team that doesn't give up on any play, and they're aggressive, and they are hard workers. Often that's a reflection of the coach. He's still doing a hell of a job there, isn't he? Yes, Bruce Cassidy has been brilliant. Um, he's, he's been that way since he got here, and it's just continued this year. And he's, when, I, when I talk about a team staying within its structure and staying patient, to me, that's a huge reflection on Bruce Cassidy and the effect he's had on these players. I can remember at points last season when they went through some tough stretches, he would keep harping on them after games. Well, we gave up a goal, and then we let it turn into two or three because we tried to get it all back in one shift right after that, and we forced plays, and we, we gave up goals. We didn't make them work 200 feet to get to the, to the net. And this year they've done a much better job of that, and that's why you see they, they win a close game in Dallas. They, they held – the Flames last night. Um, they, they got it to overtime despite not getting many chances themselves. And that's just the defensive structure of this team. That's the they, they scored a bunch of goals in that playoff run, but the, the identity of this team is the tight zone defense that they collapse around the front of their net. They don't let 
you get any shots from in the slot, and that leads to really impressive numbers for their goalies, and the goalies have been good, but I think the team defense around them deserves just as much credit as the goalies do, and that's what this team leans on. Um, when they're scoring goals, they're really, really hard to beat. When they aren't scoring goals, like right now, um, they're still not an easy out, but, but they can be had. Jesse Granger, our guest from The Athletic on Sports 1440 and the Lowdown with Low Tide. One of the themes in Edmonton as Vegas shows up is that a lot of changes have happened in the organization since the playoff loss to the Golden Knights, and many believe the loss to the Golden Knights is a reason for it. They restructured their deployment defensively. Uh, there was a lot of pressure to get off to a very good start, which did not happen in Edmonton. They end up firing uh, Jay Woodcroft. The Golden Knights have been on a roll, like really for, uh, since expansion, really. But what I notice is they are the most aggressive team I've ever seen in an NHL history when it comes to offloading players for cap purposes or whatever the reason. Do you think their success in that area is likely to produce copycat teams and we'll see more aggression from teams aside from Vegas Golden Knights moving forward in personnel decisions? I, I, you have to think it'll at least a little bit. I don't think the league's going to go crazy and it's going to turn into the NBA where we see every team completely turning rosters over every offseason. But I do think that, that there has been maybe some fear from GMs in making big trades and, and you look bad because you take on a big contract and you give up a young player and it's, it puts you into a vulnerable position when you make a blockbuster trade. Like, like the, the Eichel trade is a perfect example. It looks great now, and he, he was probably the biggest reason they won the Stanley Cup. But when that trade was made, he was coming off a of neck surgery. There, were, there, were, there was talk in Buffalo that maybe he isn't the best teammate. There wasn't any guarantee that that was going to work out. And they gave up Alex Tuck, a really good young player, a first-round pick. Peyton Krebs, um, former first-round pick. That was a really risky deal, and it ended up paying off. And I think that because it paid off, maybe some GMs will be more willing to, to put themselves in those vulnerable positions to try to win it all um, in the future. And I, I don't think every GM will, but I do think that maybe some GMs will think, well, maybe that's not as risky as we thought. Look at what they do. Even when they make a move that doesn't quite work, they find a way to get out of it. They find a way to, to maneuver. So, yeah, I think, I think the aggression maybe can be, can be copycatted a little bit, but – I also think they also have caught something in a bottle with the expansion draft and all these players. So maybe copying everything they do isn't the best. Yeah, that's a great, <laughs> great point you make. One, one thing I love about Vegas Golden Knights, and it's been the case really since the start, the, the defense is, is really strong. Uh, I, I mean, it is it's almost always at least four deep and often six deep. We saw it in the spring in the playoffs. Uh, and and right now they're they're you know noodling and moving guys around and there's some injury issues but still when you've got Petrangelo McNabb uh, I, I really like White Cloud although he's struggled a little bit and played only eight games this is a this is a damn good team defensively it is it is they are and they are what what makes them I guess their biggest strength on defense is like you said the depth and the trust Bruce Cassidy has their bottom pair when everyone's healthy is, is Nick Hagen Zach White Cloud and it's probably the best defense bottom pair in the league and. Cassidy deploys them just like he would the top pair of Petrangelo and Martinez, and that allows some of the workload to be taken off their veteran guys like Petrangelo and Martinez and, and Braden McNabb. Chase Theodore, who's out right now, is obviously their most dynamic player back there. But, yeah, they're just they're really deep. And this year they, they might be even deeper than six because Braden Pahal and Ben Hutton have been asked to play quite a bit this year, and they've played really well. So they're arguably eight deep at defense, and, and that's a good spot to be. This team... Like I said, they're built around that. They, they have big, strong, not, not just big in terms of weight, but they're just rangy. And they play that zone defense where they, 
They build a shell around the slot, and because they're so long and rangy, they just you can't get pucks through the slot. You can't get them into the dangerous areas. And to me, like I said, I think that is what this team hangs its hat on at the end of the day. It's it's such an interesting r- roster to look at, and and sometimes. Not even when I'm bored. Sometimes when I'm actually just, you know, engaged and thinking about life, I I look at this team like William Carlson claimed in the expansion draft from Columbus, who, you know, haven't gone anywhere since, and has, you know, I don't know if people realize that five on five this year so far, 3.52 uh, points per 60 among forwards who have 200 or more minutes. He trails only Matthew Joseph uh, in Ottawa, which he's playing a different role. But Carlson is playing big minutes, heavy minutes, playing well. And, I mean, he's he is just a ridiculous hockey player. And he was available not for free, but the cost of an expansion pick. Yeah, actually, the Golden Knights uh, got a first-round pick to take William Carlson from Columbus uh, so that they could protect Mercy, because I believe it was. Uh, he was, he was on Crazy. The block. But, uh, yes, he's – I mean, Carlson, to me, if we were to hand out MVP awards at this point in the season, he is the MVP for the Golden Knights. He's been so good. He's, he's always on the right side of the puck. He's their most responsible defensive forward. He gets all the, the hardest shifts in terms of defensive zone shifts. He doesn't get – he, he kills a lot of penalties. He doesn't always get the most offensive opportunity. And then what makes it even more impressive, the way he's producing, is that Carlson has not been afforded wingers like Mark Stone and Jonathan Marchessault and, and the top scorers on this team. He's played most of the year with guys like Michael Amadio, Paul Cotter, Brett Howden. Not bad players, but certainly not electric scorers. So he's kind of had to drag that line along. He's had to drive all the offense, and he is. And, and he's getting the most out of those type of players, and it's really helping because the top six that probably has more offensive talent hasn't produced as well as the Golden Knights would like. So Carlson coming in and, and dragging that third line to being one of the better on the team has been a huge help. Shea Theodore, what, what's going on with him, and, and uh, how does he look, and when will he play? Yeah, we don't know. Um, it, it, they, the fact that they put him on IR and they called Caden Korzak up tells us that he's going to be he's going to miss a few games. Um, Bruce Cassidy didn't sound overly worried that it was going to be really long term, but I think he's probably in the week to week category. Um, and and he's obviously a huge huge missing piece for this team because as good as their defense is. Um, and as deep as they are, they really only have one guy that does what Shea Theodore does, and that's he's a dynamic skater. He can skate the puck out of his zone whenever he wants. Um, it breaks the four-check pressure so well, and then he's obviously the quarterback of the power play on the other end. And, and they don't – Alex Petrangelo is a great defenseman, and he's probably their best overall defenseman, but even he's not as dynamic offensively as Theodore is. So um, as long as he's out, it definitely hurts him. Uh, Jesse Granger, our guest, covers Golden Knights and goalies for The Athletic. Uh, NHL Network TV correspondent and your your Twitter photo, you've got a friend with you there. Uh, tell us a little bit about your friend in that photograph, if you would. Yeah, I had a I had a great summer vacation. I went down to Cabo and I was uh, walking along the water on the docks, and there was a guy there with an iguana with a cowboy hat, and he he uh, set him on my head and on my shoulder, and I took some photos with him. It was a great time. <laughs> now, if if that iguana could play defense, Vegas would sign him, right? For sure, and, and Bruce Cassidy would make him into a hell of a defenseman with that zone system he employs. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Enjoy the game and appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Should be a good one tonight. All right. Jesse Granger uh, for The Athletic. Great writer. If you haven't read his stuff, if you uh, subscribe to The Athletic, 
uh, make sure you do. You really, you, it's a fun team to follow. I get that. It's a fun team to read about. I do it all the time. But uh, he he's extra. He really is very good. So make sure to give him a, a view if you would. Um, hey, LT. With the order signed Corey Perry, do the orders have to give Calgary this or next year's third round pick? Well, that'll be for the league. It might be a second. A ring-a-ding-dong dandy. Yeah, he, he was so good. That's from EW. Wonderful stuff. Actually, BG is who it's from. Big G. I'll get it. Don't worry. I'm working without a net. Get over what the orders are paying Nurse. He's being paid for the years of the orders, underpaid him with bridge contracts. Gordo from Beaumont. Amen. We've talked about that at length ad, ad nauseum on this show. They kicked the problem down the road. They didn't sign a contract a la Dreisaitl and McDavid where you were buying RFA and UFA years. They pulled, paid full bore and they were happy to do it. They said it at the time. Ken Holland said he's being paid for the way we handle the contract. But it also made him a target, and it's too bad because he's a, he's a really good hockey player, and he's playing in a very difficult market. And he's, you know, he is central to the success of the team. And I know that will bring, yeah, well, I saw what? Yeah, I get it. I know you don't like him, but I'm going to defend him until the end of time because he's good and he is vital to this team. And if they didn't have him, they'd miss it. Sorry, LT. I don't think people understand what sorry means anymore. Sorry, LT, but Darnell Nurse is worth about half of what his contract is paying him. Worst contract in Oilers history from RL. Yeah, it, it, we, we need really to understand what RFA years and UFA years are, and when you use up all of the RFA years, what you're left with. That isn't a Darnell Nurse problem. That's an Oilers management problem. Nurse has never been underpaid. Earning your value in the last year of each each deal isn't overpaying, Team Dean. Oh, that, I we I vehemently disagree with that. I I will say before he signed the big deal, Darnell Nurse covered or more every year of his career. Remember, he's playing against tough, tough competition. Go to Puck IQ if you would when you have an opportunity and look under elite opposition. He's been over thirty five percent forever, and sometimes over forty percent. Should the Oil try and claim Perry? I do not think so. He's four million dollars. I don't know if they'll sign him, but if they do, let him clear, let him get his money from Chicago, and then they can sign him for whatever the minimum is. And and our other teams will probably be interested too. I watch Vegas and Flames and notice the back check is much better than the orders. They don't stop short of catching up into the D zone. Vegas always had three players back in the D zone when Calgary entered. They also finished their checks Vegas was better, but Vladar was absolutely fantastic. I wrote about acquiring Vladar the other day, and you're all over me. Vladar's a really good defenseman or a really good goaltender. They, if you look at the three-year numbers on Vladar, he's the best available goalie, and he is available. The Flames are going to offload here at the deadline, and the Oilers maybe can afford to make that decision later. Nurse is a wonderful player, still a reality that we weren't going to sign him to $6 million when he was worth $4 million. Then he's worth six. He shouldn't have been signed to nine. This, this is not a mystery. This is a misstep by the Edmonton Oilers. Everybody knew it. I wrote about it all the time. 
you have to that that deal you sign, even if you bridge them for two years, you still have two years left. You sign them for eight, two years on the bridge, and then you give them the big money for the final six. It would be less painful than it is now. That's all on the Edmonton Oilers. Every time you write about nurse and his contract, what you're really saying is the Edmonton Oilers blew it, and I agree. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, Twang Tuesday with Poco, the greatest country rock band you've never heard of. Pretty much everybody in eh, Eagles, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, a bunch of other bands, all started with Poco. Wonderful, wonderful group. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Say hello to Doug and a special hello to Mary today. Time for rumors. This is no longer a rumor. This is a big damn deal. Corey Perry is on waivers. Chicago Blackhawks intend to terminate his contract. The, the verbal is going to throw gasoline on the rumors that are already out there. The team said the we, we don't know if the contract uh, termination is mutual but they claim that Perry violated his standard player contract so you want to guess I guess that the NHL and the Hawks don't really know how to deal with this so they're not going to talk about it and then it'll be um, innuendo city until somebody talks about it and I I think it is very unfair to a very young player and his entire family. Uh, but I've seen it before. There's nothing that we can do to stop what is being written and said in other places. What we can do is not say them here. And so, and my blog won't have them. And if they do, then people will be thrown off of my blog and those comments will be deleted because it is unseemly. That's a word that doesn't get used anymore because nothing's unseemly, but it is. It's wrong. It's bad. You shouldn't do it. I'm not your dad, but I am telling you, you shouldn't do it. Detroit Red Wings have called called, uh, Jonathan Berggren, who is one of the picks uh, Tyler Wright used uh, in 2018, drafted Philip Zadina, Joe Valeno, and Berggren in the second round. All three of those folks have made it to the National Hockey League. By the way, Tyler Wright, somebody was saying the other day about he didn't draft any good players when he was in Detroit. People have forgotten that he was there when Maurice Sider was drafted number six overall in 2019. He was gone by the time Lucas Raymond was drafted. He was here in Edmonton by then. People saying Nurse isn't worth half is funny. If Edmonton announced they were trading him and retaining 50%, you'd like to get 31 pretty good trade offers. Yeah, look, Darnell Nurse is like it's a it's a his contract is his contract. It's just going to run until it ends, and then life will go on. But the value that he brings to the team uh, is obvious. He's been top pairing forever. He plays hellacious minutes. Uh, Jay Woodcroft played the hell out of them when he arrived here in February of 2022, and it was a key reason he and Cece. For, for their success, not only in the regular season, but during the postseason. And he he played last year with CC, who was not 100%, and they still played successfully as a tandem. Got an article coming up tomorrow uh, in The Athletic about Darnell Nurse and about how well he has played, and I'm sure that you'll react to that. Then there's the Lucic deal. Yeah, I know.
There is no one calling down nurse that would refuse a huge raise. It's not nurse's fault, Cliff and Lloyd. That's my point. People deal in good faith. I was hired to work here. A lot of you think that's a bad idea. It's okay. Every once in a while, people will text and say, can I talk to your boss? I need to complain about you. And I always tell them. Now, there's going to be a lot of that, Declan. Ignore them. Nurse might play tough competition. He's also stable to 97.29. Might explain his outscoring. Yeah, it really doesn't work. It doesn't. I mean, if you look at, at when he's away from McDavid or with McDavid, uh, he's still, he's just good. I know it, people don't like it, but it, he's good. Tied, you are spot on with Darnell. He's better than, he's a better Jason Smith. What is fan should love him, as you've said, impossible to replace, thus an overpay. Well, they did it to themselves with the RFA contracts that weren't included in the long-term deal. See, people, they, they, they criticize on both ends. They'll say, yeah, well, he gets some offense at five-on-five, five, but he's not good enough to play on the power play. Okay. Then they're utilizing him correctly. And then they say, well, he's not really a shutdown defenseman, but he does play the big minutes. Okay. So he's not a shutdown defenseman, and he's not an offensive defenseman, but he has elements of the entire game. He's a complete player with flaws. He's not a perfect player. He's not like Nick Lidstrom. So let's do ourselves a favor and let's make a list of all the people who played in the National Hockey League in history who are Nick Lidstrom or similar. Let's see. I have Nick Lidstrom. All right, let's make a a list of all the people who played the game like Bobby Orr. All right, I, I, I have Bobby Orr. Okay, so I guess it's a short list. And I guess the more unique you are as a player the more difficult you are to replace. And people talked about, I did. I said, Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard probably emerge as the top pairing uh, on the orders in 2023-24. Now, injuries and other things have occurred, so that hasn't happened yet. But the, uh, the idea isn't that once you get Ekholm coached up and healthy that you replace Nurse, it's that you have more depth. Isn't one of the things that people complained about last spring was that Vegas had better defensive depth? I would think two pairings that could really roar, and Kulak with DeHarnay, if it improves, it's been struggling this year, but if it improves, then the Oilers will enter the playoffs, and I think they will make it, as a pretty strong group of six defensively. Who deserves a higher value contract, Nurse or Ekholm? Well, it, it, it ignores the argument, or the fact, I guess, that Nurse had no UFA or no RFA seasons available when they signed him to the long-term deal. They were all UFA deals. So the circumstances are different. You can't, it's apples and oranges. Nurse is a special player. Even at $9 million, you would get a pretty strong return for him. I wish Edmonton fans could hear what other markets speak about Nurse. You're right, Nurse has all the attributes. He can defend, he can pass, he can contribute offensively, and he does that. The issue is the five-star screw-ups he likes to sprinkle in nearly a game ba- on a nearly game basis from Team Dean. I said he's a complete player with flaws, but that doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the dash- dishwater. He's really good. If, if you want to trade down Darnell Nurse, get somebody better. I'll wait. 
Harris has been very solid this season. Well, he started out, everybody started out poorly, but he's really been good. And I wonder, I do, I wonder, and this was mentioned by somebody on my blog yesterday, if Darnell Nurse is maybe gaining a little confidence and maybe Paul Coffey or the new coaching staff has something to do with it. Number one reason sports radio flourishes in this market, unreasonable out-to-lunch Oiler fans. I think most Oiler fans are really smart and really informed, and they know their stuff. But the, the, the and, you know, a lot of this starts with, uh, you know, I, I wrote an article on Broberg, and I said, is he the mis- most disappointing draft pick since Nile Yakupov? And the the answer is no. But what what it does is it gives the the people who are just, you know, doubling down on negative when it comes to the Edmonton Oilers another opportunity to latch on and to hammer and and it does become difficult to have a normal conversation and to reach people who are actually, you know, might enjoy reading about what Broberg has done. Broberg's done pretty well. Uh, I think they should be playing him. I think they're harming the player and themselves by not playing him. But if you're winning, it's a hell of a lot easier to justify than when you're losing. They didn't play him when they were losing, and that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Flying Burrito Brothers with Graham Parsons and Chris Hillman, the best country rock group. I agree. I absolutely agree. I think that if you go from Sweethearts of the Rodeo, which was a Birds album, and Graham Parsons was on that album, and Hickory Wind, one of my favorite all-time songs, is on that album, through all of the Flying Burrito Brothers, and then you come out the other side and you go to Graham Parsons' solo work, sometimes with Emmylou Harris, and you go to Poco, uh, and even... um, McGuinn Clark Hillman, which was Roger McGinn from the Birds and, and Chris Hillman and uh, uh, Clark from, I think, Buffalo Springfield. Great music. And then you you migrate to Emmy Lou Harris, who is, to me, one of the greatest country music stars of all time. I love her so much. What's going on with Coast in, in Detroit? Could we peel him out for a fourth uh, with a million retained? No, they like Coastin. You know, Detroit Red Wings are doing well. They're, they're, they, they acquired Coaston for the same reason that Edmonton Oilers liked him. He's strong. He's physical. He can score. There's a lot to like about Coaston. They traded for he and Yamamoto, then bought out Yamamoto. They paid the price for that. They're not going anywhere with him. I know people want him back here, but he's gone. They couldn't afford him. They had to pay that money to Evan Bouchard. It, it's, it, you know, there, there's a sense of, well... You know, they they replaced Yamamoto with Connor Brown, and Brown's not doing anything. Number one, Brown is doing something. Number two, they couldn't afford to keep Yamamoto, and they couldn't afford to keep Coaston. They're so tight to the cap, and they didn't want to trade Warren Fogle, and they didn't want to trade Brett Kulak. I think the play was to trade Brett Kulak and then play Broberg. But Brett Kulak is a really good player, and coaching staffs and management make these decisions all the time. And we talk about them and then question them, which I'm sure delights the hell out of managers and coaches. But that's the game we play. I just hate that McDavid took a hometown discount and likely will have to again, but his buddies get paid premium plus. They didn't take discounts to stay with McDavid. Doesn't every team by definition have a number one that plays against tough competition? That doesn't mean he's the one of the handful of actual number one defensemen in the league. What would Nurse's performance number have been for a lot of uh, you lot to defend the player from Randy. Well, Randy, 
he has played, I, I, I don't remember who got hurt, but in his rookie year, he ended up playing with Andres Sekera because somebody got hurt. And he, he moved right into a premium role. And then the following year, he didn't play a premium role. Every year after that, he's played top four and often the top pairing. And if you go to Puck IQ, it's easily available. It's not something that they hide. They publish it every year, and they will be again uh, this year soon. And we'll have a look at it, and it'll be very interesting. But if you look at Darnell Nurse for his career against elite competition, and this goes back almost 10 years now, really. His, his numbers relative to, to his teammates, last year it was plus 2%. The year before it was plus 7%. Minus 1.7 in 2021, plus 1.5. Against elite competition, and I know that you're going to go, well, make something up about this that is not right. But against elite competition in the last four years, Darnell Nurse has 87 goals for and 71 against. That's against the elites. That's against the best available. 82-71. He's good. He's a really good player, and he's a really smart player. He's he Ask anybody who's around him, look at his record, look at what he does off the ice. You're framing the guy as being not able to do things, well, he is able to do all of the things you claim he is not able to do. And that makes you wrong. And you drive home these points and use the contract that was created by the Edmonton Oilers' managers, Peter Shirelli and Ken Holland, as being the hammer it it defies logic and reason, and you still do it. So when you do, anybody who thinks these things through will push back, and that's what I'm doing. With respect, I love that you listen, and I love that you read. But I'm not going to go along with something that is wrong, and especially when there's a thread of mean-spiritedness about. I hate bullies. And in a lot of ways, that's what you're doing with Darnell Nurse. And that's what you're doing with this Corey Perry thing. And it's wrong. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Daniel Nugent Bowman on the way. It's time for a sports update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, NHL news coming down as Corey Perry has been placed on waivers and Chicago is terminating his contract. Patrick Kane is signed with the Detroit Red Wings on a one-year, $2.75 million deal and 10 games in the NHL tonight, including the Edmonton Oilers at home against the Vegas Golden Knights. Puck drop at 7, and it will be Stuart Skinner in the starter's net. Sends forward Zach McEwen has received the maximum fine of $2,018 today for an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty in Monday's 5-0 loss to the Florida Panthers, where he received a five-minute match penalty for going after Panthers forward Matt Kachuk. NBA in-season tournament tonight. It's the final games of group play, and there will be eight games on the schedule, including the Toronto Raptors tipping off against the Brooklyn Nets at 5.30. NFL news is Colts running back Jonathan Taylor is dealing with an unspecified thumb injury that could force him, into, that could force him to miss time during the team's postseason push. The team is still evaluating the injury, and no determination has been made as to whether he will be placed on IR. 
And finally, three games in the AJHL tonight, including the Spruce Grove Saints in action against the Schwab Park Crusaders. That game goes at the Silent Ice Center in Nisku, and puck drop for that one is at 7 p.m. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.